Welcome to another episode of the Armchair Critics Podcast, where the underqualified experts who discuss all things sport, work and life with little to no background or supporting evidence. Uh, before we go any further, I just want to shout out to the listeners in Brussels, all 17 of you. I'm sure you have no idea what is going on with our thick Australian accents, but we've got another one for you here. We've got Jack and Brad Radford, the boy from up north. How are we, fellas? Brad? How you going, boys? Yeah, um, good. Uh, yeah, that Brussels reference... Um, on the platform that we use to distribute the podcast tells us not necessarily who's listening, but where they're listening from. And there's some niche locations. Oh, we've got, so Brussels, it was third. Yeah. So our top listening base is from Brisbane, Queensland. And then number two is the rest of Australia, excluding Sydney and Brisbane. And number three is Brussels in yeah. Belgium. So, I mean, we've got a couple of listeners over in the UK. We had some US, some Canada, um, Israel, uh, Hong Kong, uh, where was, uh, oh yeah, in Hawaii as well, but all, all very niche, but, um, thank you for everyone for listening, but yeah, we've got, uh, finally got another guest on Brad Radford. Welcome mate. Podcast debut, mate. Yeah. Uh, pretty excited actually. Yeah. Popping the cherry. Popping the cherry. Nah, perfect mate. Well mate, we'll, um. Is that a we'll... first for you, Jack? Yeah. <laughs> Popping my, cherries. My... <laughs> I'm just going to, uh, plead the fifth on that one. Uh, we might just jump straight into asking Brad a couple of questions. So, Brad, uh, a lot of people might not know too much about you. So, tell us a bit about your uh, where you're from, mate, and what you do. Yeah, basically, born in Mackay, um, grew up in town. Were you? Yeah. Were you born in Mackay? Born in Mackay. Born in Mackay. <laughs> I don't you know have that never either. told me that. Yeah. Is that made up? No. Well. So, I um, grew up in Townsville and grew up with my nan up there and um, cut. <laughs> Brad's currently choking. This is great podcast uh, footage. This is. <laughs> Keep going. We're not cutting it. Yeah. So, anyways, um, grew up in Townsville. Went to high school in Townsville, and um, just in the last few years, I um, come down to the Gold Coast to try to give cricket a crack at the Dolphins. Yeah, nice. So, did you do your university up in Townsville as well? Or you did that here? Um, I did that all. I guess. Um, whilst working um, at child safety actually so they gave me a thing called Saras leave so on Wednesdays I could um, take a day off to do my uni so that I did answer it. the question was that in Townsville or here at James Cook yeah yeah right so all externally though yeah cool what a place James Cook University <laughs> northern Queensland what just what a, what a region I've no. I've played uni games and on on the field next to me was Ultimate Frisbee. And I watched this guy from James Cook take an absolute hanger. And as he landed, his, his ACL blew out and he, his knee went backwards. <laughs> oh, no. Ultimate Frisbee. Oh, goodness. That's and it, interesting. So what Brad has been modest to tell you is he was a pretty good junior cricketer back in his day. So obviously anyone that knows too much about the junior cricket system here in Queensland in particular, but probably most states, I would assume, is that 90 five percent of the people that you would say quote unquote in the system are city kids you know from metro regions because they get Private access schools and stuff. they get access to the best coaching and the best facilities and things like that um but being a country kid mate you probably didn't have all of that and still managed to crack it into the system Do you want to just tell us a bit about your cricketing journey as a youngster <laughs> yeah i um i guess i was pretty lucky obviously coming from country country cricket and not a lot of kids um i guess above me or below me actually made it into the queensland system um i obviously started as any kid does in the backyard playing against my brother and um 
Actually, a funny story to, to get into cricket. Um, Nan just wanted to get us out of the house, so she took us down to indoor cricket one day and she told us, you know, we're getting in the car and I cried the whole way to indoor cricket because I didn't want to play because I was too busy playing Pokemon on the DS. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> Understandable. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But yeah, once I got there, I loved it and we played indoor cricket for years and then it wasn't until probably under 12s that I actually gave outdoor cricket a crack and um, realised I could just bat for as many balls as I want so I thought oh well I'll play outdoor cricket because I just wanted a bat and um, yeah just went from there and obviously played for NQ through 13s, 14s, 15s and 16s and um, in the under 16s um, back then they used to do a, a QJC program so you'd make a Queensland under 16s team which was your development into your 17s and then your 19s and um, I was lucky enough in that carnival on the first day to score a ton against Brisbane North, which um, put me on paper to into the 16s Queensland team. So yeah, Brizzy North, obviously, are one of the stronger kind of regions um, to go into those junior, uh, like the state championships. Brizzy North and um, MSW, I guess, are yeah. kind of always the two big powerhouses in all the carnivals that I've been around. Yeah, so. same here. Yeah, so yeah, I think yeah they were a good team, and um, I guess we only put we put 198 in the board, and I got 100 of them, and uh, and. <laughs> They threw 300 on us, so we were never good. Um, but we had obviously good players. But that you know, if I didn't kick on and score runs, and another bloke didn't kick on and score runs or take wickets, then we we're done for. Yeah. So, so who was your uh, who was your favourite cricketer growing up? Uh, Chris Gale, Universe boss. Yeah, fair. <laughs> fair Don't fair blush, baby. Now, another another uh, country kid who you've actually got a pretty good story about who got mentioned last week. Andrew Simons. You want to tell us a story about? Uh, that you've got with uh, the great man. Yeah, actually, back when you were a young, he just told me at the car. <laughs> yeah, I got a, a great story. Um, so was, I made the '19 squad, and um, basically, uh, Roy was told he had to take me out to a dinner. Basically, congratulate me for making the squad, um, being from country. Gives me a call, and he goes, "Oh, you know, you're a country kid, aren't you?" I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "All right, we're going for a beer." All right, so we we go to the place called this the Av Tav. We get up there, he starts feeding me gold after gold, and I don't know, by this stage I had eight or nine and I wanted a colour change and basically he, go, <laughs> he goes to me, he goes, you can have another gold or we're going home. So what'd you do? So we kept drinking golds and then he took <laughs> me home and I was trashed. I was <laughs> absolutely trashed and um, I was sick for a couple of days after Did that. Did you have cricket the day after or not? No, I was supposed to go though. I just didn't go. <laughs> so that's a yes. You were supposed to be in cricket. That's all right. You can you can blame Roy. He yeah, gets you out of it. It's Roy's fault. Nah. So obviously, uh, what? So moving down to the Gold Coast was purely a cricketing decision. Yeah, it was. Um, obviously, the the nineteenth squad and and all that. And I had a few. I had Bick call me a couple of times, and Ken Healy, and they all showed interest, and um, basically said, you know, they wanted me down playing grade cricket. Um, at this time it was probably I didn't really think of it too much um, until they sort of kept hassling me so I probably spent another one or two years longer than I should have in Townsville um, but then I you know, finally took the decision to come down here and um, I found myself at the Gold Coast Dolphins purely for the fact that I couldn't get work um, in my industry in Brisbane for a transfer I could only get Gold Coast yeah. so Massive move, moving all the way down to the Gold Coast, completely different environment and not really knowing too many people, I wouldn't have thought. Yeah, I, look, when I come down here, I obviously knew a couple of boys at cricket that I'd already played um, like for Queensland with like Josh Khan and and that. So I guess I fit in at cricket pretty well, but um, it is a massive move. It's it's quite different. Um, be a huge culture change. It's yeah. a massive culture change. Like 
Uh, back way, home. Way less places to go fishing and shit, I'd imagine. Oh, oh, look, I've been fishing lately, actually. Fishing a bit lately. Um, but, yeah, it is it is a huge difference. Like, back home, we just hook the boat up, go fishing, or ride the motorbikes or, or whatnot, and I come down here and everyone's wearing fucking slides and have bum bags and <laughs> yeah, very... fucking eshays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, country kid, kid in the big smoke, mate. You weren't, wouldn't be the first one to admit that you're... Uh... Bit of fish out of water. So, mm. mate, uh, on the note of fishing, you're a fairly, uh, fairly keen fisherman. Yeah, absolutely. I um, used to fish a lot of tournaments back home for Barramundi, and when I come down here, I didn't didn't really have a lot of blokes to go fishing with, and I sort of sort of took a back seat and cricket, you know, training three times a week, four times a week. Um, it just took a back seat, and probably only recently I've just sort of reignited the love of fishing again. So yeah, nice. Did you end up buying that kayak? <laughs> <laughs> I panic brought one kayak actually, and yeah. then how does it go? Does it float? Yeah, it floats. Um, but there's a story behind this one, so it's where I'm poking you towards. <laughs> yeah, panic, panic bought the first one, and then I realised, fuck, I can't even lift this under the on top of me car by myself. I'm gonna have to buy a second one so I can take someone else with me so they can lift it. So anyway, so I panic bought these two kayaks. <laughs> you might be the first bloke ever to have panic bought. Two kayaks two. in two separate transactions. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you go. Yeah, and so anyways, it was. I reckon it was, la- it was actually last night at about 8.45, I sent Chungus a message. I said, hey, mate, do you want to come in and take the kayaks and we'll go fishing? Chungus was all in. Oh. I was like, yeah, why not? Screw it. I'm just at home. I can't sleep. <laughs> we'll go. It was a disaster. <laughs> so anyways... So you know where like the boat ramp is at Cav Steakhouse? Yeah. So I drive around the corner and I wasn't even thinking. We could have just dropped the car at the boat ramp and just took them off, put them straight in the water. I park up around the corner and we walk them 60, 60 metres to the water. To the oh. beach. <laughs> so and so one kayak is fine, the grey one. It's the I think it was the first one he panic bought and it's good. It's, it's good for one man. So you bought two different kayaks. Yeah. yeah so oh. And so they've both got electric motors in the back. This and this... This grey one's not too bad, but the next one he bought, it's probably double in length. It's a two-man kayak that's been hooked up with um, the electric motor and you, and you power it and steer it with your feet. So it's stupid long. It's got storage compartments in the back. The engine's fucking heavy as, and we decide to walk it 70 metres in the water. Anyway, so we get, we finally get in the water. I've never driven an electric motored boat ever, and I've... Brad's like, oh, it's easy. It's just like riding a motorbike. And I'm like, brother, I've never ridden a motorbike. <laughs> Seems like a really good time to start like testing it out. So we're testing it in pi- we're testing it in pitch black water at about ten o'clock at night. Anyway, he goes, yep. So if you push it left, it'll go right, and right to go left. I'm like, yeah, sweet. I've tried to turn left, and I've pulled it as far right as it can possibly go, and it still goes right. And, and so I'm just doing circles, <laughs> just donuts in the middle. Of- and he's beached himself, and I've taken off, so I've had to swing right around. Meanwhile, I haven't worked out how to use my kayak yet, so I'm, I'm about 60 metres offshore, <laughs> pitch black. Yeah. Chungus so, is yelling out, it's just doing circles, it's doing circles. And I was getting, I was getting quite triggered, and he's like crying in laughter, also doing circles, because he hasn't worked out the feet thing yet. And it's like 10.30 at night, and he goes, nah, work it out, we're going, we're going fishing. Anyway, so we don't know how to drive these boats and we go into this highly illegal fishing area because it's in like the marina with all the like the, the monster boats. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, yeah, we'll just get up real close to them <laughs> in, in these kayaks we don't know how to drive yet. And we'll go... F- bumping into all of these yeah. <laughs> So we get in there and 
like Brad goes way. F- I was I was quite happy just sitting on the edge, like under the light. I was getting a few bites. Brad's like, "No, nah, I'm going to get Jacks. I'll see you later." Um, so I've taken off. I've gone around the corner. I can't see Chungus. <clears throat> I pull up on this like this pylon that and jump out, and I like try and hook my um, kayak up to like there's a mooring like a mooring plate. And um, just left it there. I didn't realise I'd left the motor on. <laughs> so I've walked up around the corner to, to check out one of the blue lights to see if there's any fish hanging off the back of it. And I come back and my kayak's gone. <laughs> it's doing circles in the marina and I'm just hoping it doesn't hit one of these million dollar yachts. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm trying to cast my rod to catch the, the Ca- kayak so I can hook it and pull it in. So... <laughs> Chungus is like 150 metres away. My phone's in the kayak, so I can't tell anyone. I'm stuck on this little thing. <laughs> and I'm like casting my rod out to try and catch this kayak to pull it in. It was, so this is gone for like an hour. Yeah, I didn't see it for an hour. I'm like, this is really eerie. I'm in pitch black just fishing by myself and Brad's disappeared. Oh, anyway. That kind of thing could only happen to you. Oh, eh? oh. So after he's finally caught his kayak with his own fishing line. Awesome. Dude, that is how you got the kayak. Yeah, I caught it with my own rod. I had to cast my lure out and hook my own kayak to pull it in. He comes, he comes back upstream to where I was. And this kayak's probably a little bit too small for me. And the motor's on the left. So like I can't really use my left arm. I'm kind of stuck in. I caught a brim. And he's laughing at me because I'm trying to reach forward without capsizing the kayak to the front of the brim. And the brim was just not... Fu- it, was just, it wasn't fucking around. It was doing its best to spike me as much as possible. <laughs> so Brad's, Brad's cruising up, finally worked out how to use his kayak, just laughing at me. I'm like, I'm just going to lob this fish at him if he doesn't hurry up and help. Eventually, <laughs> we got it all sorted and actually caught a fair bit of fish. Yeah, we caught a few fish. It was I think we caught seven night. or eight in about three hours. Yeah, there was well, at one point we threw f- six lines and caught five fish. Yeah. And no capsizing of kayaks. No, no capsizing cap- of kayaks. We, um, everything else. We did some other dumb shit. We got the two kayaks and um, what's the the, pa- the paddle? Yeah. and we so, sh- so I got the paddle and wedged it under his seat and my seat and like held my legs over it so we could use both our motors to go together. <laughs> and then... We floated about 150 meters <laughs> upstream because he, one of our line broke, yeah. and then we had to go back in the current, into the wind with these electric motors. It took about 20 minutes to go like 100 meters, oh. <laughs> and it was this is like 2:30 in the morning. Oh my! Goodness. I think it was like, it was like 13 degrees outside. It was and the water was 18, so we're standing in the water getting warm, and like it felt like God. a spa. It felt warm as so good. But we're probably going to go into hypothermia if we sat in it long. So enough. that was last night. And we got, I got home at about 2.30. And so I've set my alarm for seven to go to work. All good. Like, I haven't been sleeping well anyway. Story for another day. Um, I wake up to my stepdad in his police uniform and Potter screaming at me over my bed saying, what's going on? And I'm like, so I'm waking up from a deep sleep. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? I check my phone. I have 21 missed calls. I I turned my I must have turned my alarm off in my sleep and kept sleeping. And at work, if you don't answer your phone, they call your emergency contact. Which luckily I updated, so it's not Alicia anymore. It was my mum. Right. So that's that's a, that's the first tick of the box. So they've called my mum at ten o'clock, saying, "Oh, like nine o'clock. Where's Sean? We're really concerned. He always shows up for work, or if he's not coming, he'll at least call in sick." Blah 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 blah. Mum's called me three times, didn't answer, so she's panicked. Called Leon. Leon's called me. My auntie's called me. She's panicked and called Dave. So Dave's tried to call me. Sam's tried to call me. Work tried to call me again. Um, 
Leon came over in the police car, fully uniformed from shift, just to make sure, because he, he was quite concerned. So he's bashed on the door as loud as he can. I still didn't wake up. So Potter's walked to the door, looked through the peephole, and it's a, a police officer in full uniform he's never seen before, smacking on his door. And they've come in, they've like banged on my door, still didn't wake up, and then they woke me up. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm in so much trouble. <laughs> All because of a late night fishing ex- yeah. escapade. Yeah. yeah. So I'm at I'm at work. I think it might be like 9:45, and I get a call from Sam, and Sam never calls me. Like I'll call Sam all the time. He maybe once or twice has picked up. You call all the time. Yeah. Anyway, it's your go-to. There's yeah. no messaging. No. Oh, if I've got to type more than eight words, I'm calling. Well, I usually call because I'm driving, and I'm pretty bad with like driving and being on my phone. So Sam's called you. So Sam's called me. And he's like, hey, we were you with Sean last night? And I thought, fuck, Sam thinks I've, I've murdered Sean here. Like, I was like, oh, nah, Sean was talking about having some tomorrow off. <laughs> Which looks worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh, nah, we were talking about last night. We're 50-50 for work today. But I got up and went to work. I don't know. I said, he's probably just sleeping. Yeah, I, it's the first time I've slept over eight hours in about a month. <laughs> and it just happens to be... To ruin about 30 people's day. Did you still go to work? No. No. You stayed home. So yeah. I was meant to go to the doctor to get my jaw looked at on Monday, but then my, my battery broke in the car. <laughs> <laughs> so I couldn't go. And so my boss is like, do you want to just have the rest of the day off? And I was like, yeah, I'll go to the doctor. So I went down to the doctor get, to get my jaw looked at after I had x-rays. And I'm thinking, oh yeah, he'll, he'll be able to sort it out. Like it's nothing major. It's probably just like, just like locked jaw or something. A uh, bit of backstory, my whole left side of my face is aching almost all the time because of a previous injury when I was 16. Anyway, I got x-rays and he goes, no, nah, there's nothing wrong with you. I'm like, mate, I can feel it wrong with me. It's it's giving me an earache almost all the time. And he's like, oh, okay, you'll, I'll refer to this specialist. So I called the specialist. It's what, 1st of June today? They're like, the earliest we can do for you is 15th of September. Oh, yeah, good. Perfect. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I was like, can you give me some like medication or something? So he's giving me codeine. What's one thing that's going to make me slip through more alarms? Codeine. Or crack. <laughs> no, no, you don't go to sleep. Like. You won't sleep. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, yeah, I've, I've had a ridiculous week, to be honest. It's only Wednesday, bro. Sunday, Sunday, I worked overtime and some knobhead backed into my car at Australia Fair, hit the front light, the front left bumper, scratched up the bumper and drove off. And some legend, Good Samaritan, left a note in my car saying, hey, a guy in Toyota Corolla has backed in your car. Here's the rego. So I got a rego check and eventually tracked him down. As if you wouldn't leave a note on someone's car if you've backed into him when you live within 500 metres from the shopping centre you did it at. Oh, I don't, I love, I've, again, it's just one of those things I've never understood, eh? I don't just, get it. Like, just leave a note. There's always... It's not people, especially when you do like a decent amount of damage to someone's car. They're not just going to leave it. Like mine's cosmetic, right? And there's a couple of like dints. But as if I'm never going to pursue it. Like I've got a European car. Shit's expensive. <laughs> I'm not repairing it myself. It's, it's the 21st century. If you, cameras fucking everywhere. If you leave a note, I'll let you do a cashy and it'll be cheaper. But because yeah. you didn't leave a note, I went through my insurance. Fuck you. Pay my excess. Yeah. And my excess will be disgusting because I'm under 25. I've got a reasonably crap driving history in the last two years. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, yeah, I'm a bloke. So and driving a European car. And driving a fucking Volvo. Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness, what a week. So 
they can't repair that till next month as well, but it's drivable. So whatever. Excellent. But yeah, great four days for Chungus. So good. Got to wear the red shirt on Monday, which was cool. You, for you, you wore it there. You guys know what the red polo rule is. If you, if you're not sure, type in red polo Ron Swanson <laughs> on YouTube. Oh goodness me! You anyway, any more questions for Bradley? Not really. No. I don't have any for myself either. So you, that's surprising. <laughs> yeah, that is. Well, we might move on to overrated, underrated for the week. <laughs> have you got three? I've got three. Outstanding. So I've actually been getting some. Uh, some suggestions from work colleagues. Oh, I got suggestions from uh, the listeners. So this is I, good. Uh, actually, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I have a fourth one. Excellent. Do you want to kick us off then? I will. Uh, the fast lane on the highway. Overrated. Underrated. It's massively overrated. You're kidding. Driving New South Wales, it's so much, so much more efficient. If you if you go on the right lane and sit there on the speed limit, fuck off. There's three other lanes you can do it in. Particularly the exactly, two middle. Which is exactly why it's overrated. No, it's got a purpose. And if no. people don't use it, it's shit. No, I, drive, I do a lot of my driving in peak hour and it is nearly never the fastest lane. And you don't want to be in the right lane. But it's the people doing it wrong is what makes it overrated. Exactly. So it, it would be perfect. But those people exist. Unfortunately, there's a... facto. Unfortunately, a lot of them on the Gold Coast. Oh, so <laughs> many. Very rarely is it the fastest lane. I swear it's like the spawning point to a, a bad driver video game. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Roundabouts are where you get double XP. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the longer, yeah. T T bone T bones at uh, traffic intersections, triple XP. Oh yeah, perfect. And the top, the the quadruple XP for Stodge, uh, rear-ending someone from your own crew club. Sorry, Cliff. Oh yeah, <laughs> Cliff Blake rear-ended him. Oh gee, they work together, don't they? They used to work together. Oh, yeah. Christ. Uh, Brad, do you want to give us your first overrated underrated? Um, saying the expression, day for it. Massively underrated, but you have to say it in a particular way. Yeah, and the way you say it is day ferret. Day ferret. Yeah. Like, like the, the day animal. and the animal. Yeah, 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 day ferret. And you only ever say it as like a facetious saying. Like if it's a fucking crap day outside, you go, <laughs> day ferret. Day ferret. <laughs> like a rainy day cricket. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because everyone loves playing cricket. The you, don't, you don't say it that way, do you? You're a different way. Dave or it? <laughs> you just made that up on the spot. That's fun. Uh, that's woo woo. Um, no, I reckon it's underrated. I'm gonna say it is. It's it's this it's in the same bucket as saying at work living the dream. <laughs> yeah, no, that's underrated. Absolutely different kettle of fish. Uh, I'm gonna say overrated. that Dave is perfectly underrated. <laughs> that's a new one. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfectly underrated because it's. Often overutilized in the wrong scenario. I think it's the best part about Dave Ferret is looking at your Instagram and seeing people using it seriously on their stories when they're posting about a nice day. Yeah, they Mate, go to the beach and stuff like that. You like, don't need to say get it off. My don't feet. don't ruin your good photo with Dave Ferret. Don't yeah. be don't be that guy. Don't, yeah. It's like the blue tick Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's them. All right, your first one, Sean. Uh, requested from uh, a listener. Bottomless yeah. brunch. Bottomless brunch. Being what? Have you not? I've never had bottomless You've brunch. You've never been to a bottomless brunch? No. Oh. So it's like a set time. So they do it sometimes at Sharks as well on the, at the rooftop. It's like two hours and you pay 70 bucks and it's unlimited food and beverages. And it's often like wines and cheese platters. and. So I'm going like, to say slightly overrated because I think buffet style 
meals are slightly overrated. So it's not so much it's not so much buffet. It's like you get a la carte cheese platters and like little sliders and stuff. But it's mainly you're not really there for the food. You're there just get your feel. Yeah, I'm still gonna say slightly overrated, Brad. I assume you've been to one with Claudia. No, I've never experienced that, and I'm not like a big like a breakfast or a brunch either. So I'm more of a like coffee in the morning and then I wait. Oh, we gotta take we gotta go to a bottomless brunch. You'll understand what it's really about. I feel like it's it's massively underrated. It could we'll be take underrated. We'll the tools on the road one day. We'll take oh, it'll be a messy potty. Um, all right. My second one, instant coffee. Overrated. Massively overrated. I also think it is massively overrated. It's oh. not even coffee. I no. tried substituting my morning coffee. Because it used to take me like five, it takes me five minutes to make a coffee in the morning, say. But I tried substituting it for instant coffee, and you nah. just don't get the same. Fitness. It's you, you, like, that five no that five minutes you make making a pod coffee or whatever, however you do it, you've is, earned, you've earned it. Is the best five minutes of the day. <laughs> you've earned it. Um, it's massively overrated. The amount of Makona forty three I used to drink for like a month on the overnight shifts, and then I upgraded to green tea, which is also not great. But instant coffee is so dust. Um, is he allowed to do his second? Yeah, your first one was good. You're allowed to do your second. Do you want to block your ears? <laughs> this, this could be a bit too far. Oh, which means it's way too far, but e- go on. Earmark the time so I can cut it out. <laughs> yeah, okay. Blumpkins. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, nah, it's not a bridge too far. We'll play the game. Oh. Blumpkins. Jack, have you had one? <laughs> no. I'm just, we're not going into this topic. We are. I tried, swiftly. I tried. You're a fucking idiot. This is your first and last appearance on this podcast. I tried to coerce an ex-girlfriend into giving me a bumpkin. <laughs> and she had a brain and said no. Yeah, right. But I think so that anyone who doesn't know what that is, Google it. <laughs> I think blumpkins would be massively overrated. I don't know how you'd be able to stay on the tools and do both. <laughs> I don't get that. Because when I, when I do a number two, I always... <laughs> I always piss. Right? Yes, same. So move on. Move on. No move on. Sean, what's your second one? Uh, my second overrated and underrated yeah. is a target at someone that listens is uh, drunk calling your ex. Oh, well, it's just shit, isn't it? <laughs> well, I mean, no good has ever come from it, I assume. So that your absolute best is you maybe, I'm going to give you 5%. 5% chance of getting the sex you're desiring at the time. And for that reason... less than that. And for that reason... One. And for that reason... Is that one... It's one for every 20 cases because surely you couldn't call your ex 20 times and get a root one of them. I could call her 100 and I don't know if I'd get an answer. Exactly. So I think it's still massively overrated but the fact that particularly us men have that thought process <laughs> still going... Overrated. Overrated. What do you reckon? It's overrated. I used to do it all the time with not like last text, but one was a few times before, and I reckon it was about one in twenty. Yeah, and it was definitely worth the lecture the next morning as it's... well. <laughs> not to me- not to mention it's that she felt sorry for you. Not to mention if I've had that many beers, my tools aren't working either. They're very blunt. <laughs> You're pushing rope, boys. It's tools down at that time of night. Oh god. Okay, my third one: Christmas lights. Like, not. Uh, going and Christmas light looking, like you know how you have like you might have a, a yeah. I just thought of a funny Christmas light story. Yeah, Brad, I, I think when it comes to February and they're still not down, overrated. I think the fact that Christmas lights exist is overrated. I tend to agree. It, we were spitballing about this at work though, um, and 
it's one of those things. It is overrated, but you nearly never have a bad time. Oh, okay. okay. It's one of those. It's one of those things that you can take your partner. Well, we go every year, oh, and it just oh. it makes her day. I have a story about Christmas lights for oh, you. Here we go. <laughs> so, can of worms. Back in the day, at when um, when I worked at Domino's. There was myself, Matt Monroe, Matt Curry, Hayden Griffiths that all worked, and Jack Bear that all worked in the same store. Um, and one of those, Matthews, <laughs> was shagging a chick from work who, much to his disgust, had a, a boyfriend. And that boyfriend found out around Christmas time. <laughs> so we... Tis the season. So we all, we all knocked off at about eight and we're like, oh, we'll go look at Christmas lights together and do deliveries. And so in the car was myself, that said female, the two Matthews, and her boyfriend. And we all looked at Christmas lights together. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Wait, at this uh, point, did he know? Good. Yep, that's why he was there. Oh, he's, oh he's, no. He used to awkward. go on deliveries with her on her shift. Oh, that's not okay. If you're listening, whoever's list, whoever that is, that's not okay. I bro. guarantee that person is not listening. Well, you don't know. He doesn't live in Brussels, does he? he I don't think so. Perfect. Uh, Sean, you got a third one? Yeah, it's more targeted because Brad's here, but fishing. Depends who you are. I think like if you if you're grown up on it, and it's like you do that for fun, I guess it's underrated. But if you have no interest whatsoever, so what's your take? Perfectly rated. I just go perfectly rated because yeah, you love it. I love it. I'd, yeah. I'd go middle of the night. I think it's massively overrated because I just don't enjoy it. But it's just one of those things. Like, I'll continue to do it. Like, we'll go away on holidays. If we go down to the river, I'll wet a line. But it's just not something that through the year I actively seek out to do. So if you asked me this about six months ago, I would have said the same answer as you. But Numb Nuts here has got me into it. I think it's underrated a little bit. It massively depends. Kind of like golf. Depends who you're with. And if you know what you're doing, like if someone, you go with someone that knows what they're doing, you're going to catch fish, right? But yeah. If you're going, you don't have any idea what you're doing and you're not catching fish. You're like, well, bugger this. I'd- Actually on the golf thing. So not long after we brought up, it might, oh yeah, not, not that long after we had Bill Fon and we were talking about golf, whether it's overrated or underrated. Um, I had a work golf day. <laughs> yes. So, at, a, at a rather bougie course. At, uh, Royal Pines. So, uh, I got invited to the work golf day despite I'd only been working there for about two months or three months. And I think just being reasonably sporty, they just assumed I'd like golf. <laughs> so, yeah. They could up. not be Boss further wrong. I'm about to send an email out, but uh, we've got a golf day tomorrow. You, you want to go? I was like, oh, yeah. Okay, as, cool. As if, you'd, as if you'd say no to Broke instead. Yeah. And so, anyway, and he goes, you like golf, don't you? I was like, Oh, not really. <laughs> so anyway, I had to go and borrow Harry's clubs. And I, I messaged Harry at like three o'clock in the afternoon. I was like, Harry, I got a strange question for you. He's like, yeah, shoot. I was like, can I borrow your golf clubs? And his response was just, what the fuck? <laughs> He's like, you don't even like golf. Anyway, we went out and played and it actually was all right. It does. How'd you hit him? Um, nowhere near as bad as I assumed I'd hit him. How many did you shank? A uh, few. That was most, like a few early. Because I'm a shank monster. Yeah. So I'm... my first few off the tee were very average. Did you hit cover drives? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, bad. Like, yeah. really bad. Um, and, like, I just... Want, one of the boys worked at a golf course for, like, 14 years. So, he's just like, oh, just change your grip a little bit here and you'll be sweet. Anyway, I did that and I was bobbing a couple straight down the middle. I think oh. it's the ninth hole. And we were playing 
Blue. So is it the one where you hit towards the first tees? Yeah. And it's it's the long par five with the tiny green at the end? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that my peak hole. And yeah. we started on the fourth because we're playing four-man Ambrose. There was a heap of groups. Shotgun start. Yeah. So we it must have been maybe our fifth or sixth hole. And I just fucking flushed it straight out the middle. Anyway. How, how rock pres- hard were the you? Next, oh, mate. Like, <laughs> I felt a million bucks. Anyway, my next three tee shots were fucking dreadful. <laughs> it's one of these things where it was like I'd built all the way up to that point. Peaked. And assumed I would keep, like, at least keep that level of consistency. And it, golf is one of the great levelers. I then played shit the next three holes. So that blue nine, last time I played there was with my roommate Potts. And he shot four under off the stick by himself. Wow. But yeah, so back on, on the point, like, I didn't have a bad time. And it's one of those things, like... Probably the first time I've played golf that I could genuinely see myself playing it for fun. Cause like going out with a couple of mates, have a few beers, and just like go and hit balls on a course. I suppose when you not when you actually hit a nice shot, you kind of grow that love for it immediately. Yeah, and it, it was a little bit like that. But and I could kind of feel it. I could kind of feel myself getting better, and it was a good feeling. And then I just started getting shit. And I was like, oh, I've had too many beers anyway. <laughs> I used to play a bit of golf. And we're walking one like one hole, and um, <coughs> someone obviously hit up hit up on us, and I just couldn't find my ball. But the guy hit up like hit where I sort of hit the ball, so oh, I was like, "Oh, go. yep, this is my ball here." No. So I've hit up, <laughs> I've hit this guy's ball, hit it under the green, finished the hole, and like left, and I look back, and this bloke is looking everywhere for his ball. <laughs> and I'm, I'm walking off the green, giggling like, ah. <laughs> "You are that guy that I hate," because that happens so often at Emerald. Because a lot of the people that a lot of the people we play with in Emerald, because it's a short course, they're quite elderly and they have their own seniors comp and stuff. Yeah. If you don't find your ball in five seconds, they've taken it. And there's been <laughs> there's been four instances instances in the last five to six times where I've hit a ball across the other fairway, driven my cart straight there. But mate, have you seen my tailor made TB five? And I use the ones that look like Doritos, very specific. Yeah. You can't mix it up. And he has it in his hand, he goes, Nah mate, this is my ball. <laughs> I'm like, your ball's there. And they just drive off. And there's nothing you can do about it unless you want to throw. Those motherfuckers. And I have said once or twice, I'm not afraid to hit an old man to an old man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My fourth one is cheesecake. Um, Slightly overrated, but at work on Tuesday... This old duck that she's new to the office, lovely lady. I reckon I've said maybe five words of dialogue to her because I've barely been in office lately. And she's like, "Oh, Kathy is got is growing heaps of passion fruits. Do you like cheesecake?" And I'm like, "Oh, in my head, I really don't like cheesecake, but I reckon everyone else would, so I'll just lie and say yes." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, sure." She goes, "I'll make you a passion fruit cheesecake, doll." And I'm thinking to myself, fuck, this lady I've never met is going to make me a passion fruit cheesecake and I might even call in sick on the day that she's going to make it. <laughs> Mate, cheesecake is unbelievable. It's Bra- massively underrated. Brad? Not from the cheesecake shop. Overrated. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to go slightly overrated, but I ha- honestly haven't had cheesecake in a long time. I love it. Whether it's like plain or with passion fruit on top. I was going to say what flavour. So good. Yeah, plain all passion fruit. Because yeah, split hairs. They're so good. There's a great interview with Future the Rapper, him talking about cheesecake, and it's how you get the sensational meme. They ask him about what's your favourite food, and he goes, cheesecake. And they're like, what flavour? And he goes, plain. And they're like, why? And he goes, it's sensational. <laughs> all the time. All right. Um, well, that's all I've got. Brad, have you got, you've thought of any others on, off the top of your head, mate, that are going to be um, 
<laughs> I got one. I got one. Oh, it, be, they've been appropriate the whole time. So you got two blokes. You got hairy blokes and non-hairy blokes. <laughs> I'm going chess hair. Underrated, overrated. I'll let Jack and answer this. Jack and answer this one first. Uh, well, personally, I don't have much of it, so I'm gonna say slightly overrated. <laughs> I think I think it's perfectly rated, but when you get on a great rig like Sean Snyder. Underrated, the man's sexy. <laughs> what do you reckon, Brad? You got a, you got, you're all like I, in between. I'm like, yeah. So I got quite a bit of chest hair at the moment. It is winter, so I got to keep warm. Hold on, hold on. I got a great story regarding chest hair involving featuring Brad. <laughs> so Brad is part of the group of people that we go out in escape room with every week, and he rocks up. And like, obviously, we go into surfers, and it's starting to get quite cold. So most of us are wearing jumpers now, and so Brad's just wearing like a crew neck. So what yeah, you call it? Yeah, just yeah. crew neck jumper. Not not the V. Not the V neck, just yeah. a crew neck. The better and, ones. And a, yeah. yeah, and a shirt. Be- better and than just hoodies. a shirt underneath it, but there's also like a crew neck. Yep. So anyway, and he was conscious that it, uh, his chest hair yeah. was showing at the top. So he, <laughs> he he traced with a razor around his you, chest. You probably so still he could see probably it. still see it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he shaved yeah, all his chest hair above the line of the V neck. Oh man, it looks so like it looked fine, but then as soon as he lifted his shirt up and showed us, it just looked rogue, mate. <laughs> One of the rarest things I've ever seen. I'm lucky enough to have a thick rug across my whole body, so my my hair connects from my hips all the way up to my chest, across my shoulders, and down to my wrists. Yeah, and perfect. I think it's a little bit overrated. I changed my mind because if I could choose to have it or not, I'd fuck it off. Yeah, I think yeah. there's two types of women: women that like chest hair and body hair, and then ones that don't. But they don't care if you've got a sloppy rig. I've got no. a sloppy rig. It's just shit anyway. Mine's getting slop as well. I've put 10 kilos on in, in about a year. <laughs> You're so. popping buttons, aren't you? <laughs> I've, I've popped buttons on three, three. I've gone from a, a 32 to a 34. So Ooh, big boy. And I haven't been at the gym. So. Certified big boy. <laughs> One of the great t-shirts. Right. Um, do you want to move to the footy? Yeah, sure. We can go general sport, actually. Or general sport. We want to t- lock the NBA will be pretty quick. We'll touch on it. Much the Jake Groves discussed, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, uh, the Warriors will play Boston in the finals after Boston tidied up the give me, Heat in give, seven. Give me my flowers. I said at the start of the playoffs, Boston, Golden State. And it's going to be Golden State in six. Yeah. Here so it comes. Golden State to go home court, and I reckon they'll win the first two games and won't look back. I reckon, they'll win the, I reckon they'll win the first three, lose the second one at Boston, and win, the, and win five no, that doesn't make sense. I'll right. shut my whole lips. Yeah, fair. Um, that- I do. I, I I really do think it'll be um, a one-sided series. Although I read a stat today that since Steve Kerr took over at the Warriors, there is only one team in the entire league that has a positive uh, yeah, loss record above five hundred. Above five hundred, and is Boston. Mm. So if, if Another if you cool look on paper, if there's one team that can do it, it's probably them. Another cool stat is the last five seasons, Steph Curry's three-point shot percentage when Marcus Smart's guarding him. 33%. 33%. Yeah, 9 of 27. Yeah. Um, like Mike, so he shot 15 and 4 the other week. Who? Like Mike <laughs> for the New York Knicks. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Dude. Knicks haven't played for about three years. No. <laughs> They've been out there, but they haven't played. They haven't been relevant for about 20 years. What about Tyrone Peachy? Oh, shut up. We're getting to the NRL, mate. We're, we're, we're trying so, to get through the NBA. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Steph Curry, short price favourite for finals MVP, uh, which I reckon is probably fair. 
I think that will happen. He'll finally get. It's just so much narrative. Like, unless Clay drops 50, which is very doable. Yeah, and given Golden State going in heavy favourites. They've had the extra rest. Yeah. It's huge. The second game series against the Heat, who are quite physical as well. It was fucking brutal, that series, man. Fucking brutal. Like, Smart missed games. Horford missed games. Williams missed games. Tatum looked beat up. Jalen Brown's getting beat up. Like, they're just getting beat, man. And I I don't know that they've got any... I don't know that there's any category that Boston outdo the Warriors outside of team defense. Yeah, which is pretty big, to be honest. It is big. Um... Jalen Brown. Did you see the news about him today? No. Oh, yes. Signed with Donda. First ever athlete signed with Donda Sports, which is, if you get the Donda the hit, Kanye West. That's so right. Would you put your sporting career in the hands of Kanye West? No. I would. <clears throat> Think about the marketability you get out of it. The man is wild, but he's made so much money just being Kanye. If you're Jalen Brown, like, you're not... You're not the number one guy in just about so any much, team. There's so much more than marketability, though. Like, are you signing Jalen Brown just because he is managed by a firm run by Kanye West? No. But no. I can't see Jalen Brown moving on from Boston, especially if they so get a chip. So, like, it's not even really relevant. It's outside stuff, outside of basketball. It's the, the off-court stuff where you make the real money. Yeah, well, isn't that endorsement deals with other companies? Donda. Have faith in Donda. Nah, overrated. Not Kanye, not Donda. I'm just saying it's an overrated uh, signing, I suppose. I saw it like, you know, there's plenty of articles and blow up about it, that him being the first athlete, but like... It's cares? probably the most press Jalen Brown's ever had outside of basketball. Probably. Because he's never been the best player of his team ever. Ever. Never will be. Ever, ever. Um, all right, well, that'll just about do it for the NBA. I agree. Warriors in six. Wow. We'll move over to the NBA. The so, NBA. Try again. The NRL. Do you want a new stat of the NBA? Sure, mate. Let me Google one. Oh, no, I don't, I don't. We don't want any more. Um, the Miami Heat used to play in the Western Conference. No, they did. No, they did. I think they did. <laughs> anyway, who knows? Moving on to the NRL. <laughs> yeah. So we'll t- the big fish in the room, I guess, is Origins coming up this Wednesday, and yep. the teams. So. Do you want to start with Queensland or New South Wales? Well, Queensland, I suppose, will start with a couple. There were no real notable omissions, I suppose, from the Queensland squad. It probably went pretty much as expected. There's only, one, but only from injury, kinda. Yeah. David Fafita. Oh yeah, no, I wasn't really expecting him to get picked. I suppose, um, just because he's not strong enough games together and hasn't like he's not even in the best three or four players with Gold Coast. I've got a hot take about David Fafita. I don't know if that's all his fault, man. He's been moved from second row to prop to to centre to the bench, all within one season by Holbrook. Yeah. Every time he's played, every time he's played his position at second row, he's killed it. The yeah. whole the whole centre thing was purely reactionary from Holbrook with Talakai blowing up the the game before for three weeks. Yeah. Like Talakai dominated for like that three weeks, and now he's gone back to just. Being but Talakai was a centre growing up. Fafita's been a second row his whole life. Is yeah. arguably one of the best. As a second row, that's why they signed him the big argue, money. You could argue that him not getting picked is in the same kind of boat as Josh Adokar not getting picked for New South Wales. That's that's a difference. We'll get there. Well, it sort of is, but then like there's so many, there's more examples where you know teams going poorly and guys don't get picked because yeah. their team is playing playing poorly. David Clemmer, he's the same. he's a gun. He's a gun. Didn't get he didn't get picked. 
Um, because Newcastle is so shit. Shout out Jack Whitten. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I think the Fafina one's different. Like, he's been dictated a little bit too much with his positionaries around the season. They need to, like, stick with him at one spot and just let him flourish. Yeah, that's probably fair. But going through the team... Um, the only other surprise, I suppose, was no Oates. No yeah, Corey Oates. Yeah, so it's, Selwyn Cobbo. So it's KP at the back and the wingers are Corey Oates and Selwyn Cobbo. See, they, I read something today that Xavier Coates is going to play on the left. Yeah, and I'll tell you why. So Oates is... Coates, sorry. Coates is playing on both sides of the wing. I mean, Cobbo's so raw, he's only played right wing or fullback. Yeah. And the man is struck, struck the iron while he's hot. Leave him at right wing. Yeah. And so that means Cobbo is going to jump onto Bizza. Brian Toto, which I, like I think that. is incredible. Yeah. And two, oh no, it's onto Tupu. So then it's, it's, sorry, Xavier Coates onto Bizza. Yeah. Which is great. So the centers it's are. It's a win win either way, isn't it, really? Whether you've got Cobbo or Coates. Yeah. So then they got Brian Toto. They got Gagai and Holmes at the centers, which I reckon was almost sure as shit. It's a lock. And I'm pretty happy Six with it. Seven, Munster and Cherry Evans was a lock. lock. Tino at front row. Oh, the I, other, the, there was a couple of surprises within the squad seeing that they'll play Ben Hunt at starting hooker. That's great. I love it. And I'll explain to you why in a sec. So the rest, so, yeah, the front rows, you've got Papua and Tino, great. The back row picks itself with Capewell and Kafusi. Locke, Ruben Cotter, which is fantastic. He's yeah. playing unreal. Hunt Very at nine nice. and Grant at 14. Um, with Origin, particularly in Sydney on the slower track, it's going to be stupidly physical <clears throat> for the first 20 minutes. And every big game you can see Grant's played, like the pre- prelim final last year or other Origin games he started, he gets burnt out with that shit work. Yeah. Ben Hunt's our best nine for Origin at the start. If he starts, sets the tone, plays 30, Grant comes on the last 10 to 15 of the first half and his running game, which is easily the best nine in the comp with running game. It's not even close. It's not even it? close. It, he'll He'll kill it. And you can go, but you can revert back. And Ben at the start, if they get shit, they can kick out of dummy half a lot better than Grant can. Yeah, he provides that extra stuff with Cotter at thirteen too. They can rotate the third middle, so they so they can have Grant and Hunt on at the same time, and Grant can play thirteen or Hunt can play thirteen in defense because they're both up to it tackling wise. Yeah, especially Grant, I reckon. And like they have, it makes it so much easier with the the tied forwards for Grant to come on and just dominate. And he did. Like remember his debut? Yeah. Unreal. Yeah. If they just, start, it's so stiff on Reed Marnie because that's such a Reed Marnie job that that first twenty minutes. But yeah. I still think Ben Hunt's our second best nine, and that's he's coming one from Parafin. In the comp too, really. he's, he's in the Dally M Hunt, and he's out of position. He's a hooker first, halfback second. Yeah. So the rest of the bench, it's cool to see Paddy Carrigan get in the game. Lindsay Collins back is sick. We, we, there's no Christian Welsh, which sucks because he's injured. Yeah. Um, Jeremiah Nanai. Jeremiah Nanai. Awesome. Fun. It's going to be so fun. To watch. 18th man, Tom Dearden. Yeah. Pretty cool. The rest of the squad, Murray Talungi made it. That was a shock. And he's not me. even the Cowboys' top two wingers. He's um, probably not in their run on side. No. <laughs> if they're fully fit, he's actually not but in their run But he's played great. Yeah. So Hammer's there, and there's someone else that I can't think of right now. Jai Arrow. Jai Arrow. Which Who is, I thought was the other omission that was not necessarily stiff. He's probably just a guy that you just like assumed would be there. But the Billy Slater's gone pretty bold with a few of the debutants. And you can't argue because Carrigan, Nanai, and so Carrigan's picked as a, are all playing better. So Carrigan's picked as a prop with Collins. And then so you got Nanai and I guess Grant who's going to rotate with like as a third is like that lock in between him and Cotter. Yeah. I think it's honestly I think the team's perfect for yeah. what was available. Real stiff on Corey Oates. He's played great. He's Corey Oates is only twenty seven. 
It's unreal, isn't it? You think he's 31. I thought he was like 31. How much slower he's gotten. and like He's been around for, it feels like 10 years. He's only 27. So He, run, he runs like he's 31, though. Yeah, he's not far from moving to the wing, uh, to the second row from the wing, yeah. like he tried to four years ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we'll move to New South Wales where there's a lot more talking points. So Teddy's obviously at fullback and captain. Um, Daniel Tupu in for Josh Adokar with Brian Toto. That's mental. Like, Josh Adokar... Has scored the second most tries for New South Wales. In, his, right? in history. Yep. Um, he's always played great for him. I don't think... Three of the four series that he's played in, New South Wales have won. Yeah. I, I think it's really stiff. But I understand because Daniel Tupu is like a 9 out of 10 every season. And like if you have Coates and Cobbo on your edges, would you rather have Tupu jumping for you or Josh Adokar? Yeah, well, there's only one option there. There's one, one option answer. there. And, and Daniel Tupu... So Daniel um, Tupu with Toto coming out of their own end, running running metres-wise, are easily the two best wingers in the comp for it. So I think there's bits that are underrated. The centres is another talking point. They picked Tony Staggs. Well done. He's been playing great. Well, I reckon of the centres available, he's the best option. He's the best option. But they've put Jack White in at the left centre. And I was saying to you a couple of weeks ago that it's probably going to happen because Freddie's so loyal and whatnot. I think it's so dumb. I agree. Like, you've they've got, got Crichton at 14. Stephen, they're in the wrong... They should switch the jerseys. Jack White covers fullback, centre, 5'8", halfback, lock, and hooker. He's your perfect 14. And Crichton is a specialist centre who's killing it. Yeah. And you could swap him and Toto around for the kicks... So Toto's not getting... So that, so that, like, in defense, you're kicking to Crichton on one side and kicking to Tupo on the other. Yeah. That's like a, it, that's a man-for-man match with it, both the Queensland wingers. It nullifies it. I really don't understand it, but I'm also not Brad Fittler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the halves pick themselves. Cookie got another rung at nine, which I think was good. Um, I know a few people that think Coruscant should have got it, but much of muchness. I think Cookie's better still. Cook's a better player. Payne Haas, scary to think about. Um... Junior Paulo, no Angus Crichton at all, no Jake Trebojevic at all, which is pretty mental. I thought that was stiff. I thought Crichton would be a walk-up start, especially for how footy he's being played at the moment. Um, but the same thing as what Fafita's had. I probably would have gone him over Liam Martin. Yeah, or Tarek Sims. Like, Tarek Sims has played okay. Crichton got messed around a bit by the Roosters at the start of the year because they actually had no props. So he was coming off the bench as a prop and well, then he came back as a second row and look what happens. They start winning games. Yeah, I... I would have picked Tarek Crichton. Sims was one of New South Wales' best players last year. Yep. So I'm happy to see him still... In no, the me too. Spot. He threw that amazing cutout to To'o. Yeah. So he was really good. So I, I, I would have picked him as well. Yeah. I, 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 Liam Martin, I think he's lucky to be there. Yeah. Cam Murray walks into that spot. Cam Murray's going to be actually an unbelievable player to watch. So last year, his job on the on the edge is to shut down Fafita and did a pretty good job of it. Whereas this series, it's him versus maybe Capewell or Kafusi. I think yeah. he's going to be massive. Yeah. He's played well for South this year too. He's available. a gun and yeah. he's fucking hot boy. Is he, and he, oh, he's young. <laughs> he's also really... He's quite young, isn't he? I think he's our age. Yeah. Oh. Well, that's pretty well, young. My age, I feel yeah. young. 22, isn't he? 22 or 23. Yeah. So maybe a little bit younger than Jack. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they yeah Crichton at 14 they they, they brought up Sawali into the camp which is cool and Jacob yeah. Saifidi I like how both camps are starting to blood young blokes in and get him in the system Yeah, especially for New South Wales like last year they brought in Stefano and he yeah. came in and came, spat back out into that shitty Tigers system and was a beast and yeah. publicly said I've learnt so much like from Del Finucane, about what it's expected to be a professional 
yeah at this level so like getting Sawali's feet wet and like the other side is getting his feet wet those clubs like the Knights and the Roosters unreal like you just do it every time same for the Cowboys having six boys picked in the Queensland yeah. squad despite the fact they're only going to get three or four in the run on three will be in the run on but the other three will still be in the camp and they still get to play this weekend yeah so mate I'm all for it I think there's yeah. Fitler had made a lot of tough calls but it's going to be a great game and I actually think Queensland's going to win Looking at the two teams, I'm happy to early crow it. Brad's wincing in the corner, but um, I think as loyal Queensland fans, we're never going to go into game one thinking New South Wales are going to roll. No, but, but when when they had that team with Latrell and Turbo in the centres, and like we were a bit under nine, like you kind of well, people don't <coughs> remember Turbo was player of the series last year. Yeah, so that's a massive loss. Yeah, and there's no Latrell. And Latrell Mitchell, lost the... like when he played, I, I know he plays fullback for Souths. When he plays centre. When he centre, plays centre. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, goodness me. Stinky. You'd nearly, you nearly play those two as your Australian centres. In fact, you probably would. I probably would. Yeah. So, yeah. It's going to be a great game on Wednesday. Game two was interesting how it's at Optus in Perth. Yeah, well, they're obviously you know trying to do something to grow the sport on the Western Coast. So, I it's mean, more, we'll see what happens. But I reckon they'll get a good turnout. There you go. How do you reckon we're going to go game one? No, I reckon Queensland went 2-1. The series? Yep. Wow. Yeah. I was just going to stick with game one because... Up the boys. Oh, I'm all for it. I'll go with 2-1 as well. But they've got, New South Wales have some boys coming back. Don't worry about that. It's going to be a great game. Game one. I'm, I'm excited. I definitely tip New South Wales. As, oh. you, as I am sitting in currently my brand new 1991 retro Queensland Maroons jersey. How'd, you, um, how'd we go in the tips last week? Oh, I was ready to punch on with the whole Gold Coast Titans team because it was me <laughs> and only one other person that went for the rogue tip. And they were, what, 24 nil up? And they, yeah. did, they did a short kickoff and shut the bed. Yeah, they really did shit the bed, eh? Yeah. Um, shout out Rick James. Perfect round. Get him. Give me that, give me that, give me that, Rick. Give me that, give me that, give me that. So uh, we've still got... Angus Watson on top, 68. Shout out to Angus. Angus and his mate have a subscription service over in the UK with the NRL to watch the games. It's like 12, it's like 12 pound each, like a week or a, or a month or a fortnight. Yeah. And he watches them all. And oh, that's unreal. he's beating all the Aussies at our own yeah. sport. So shout <laughs> yeah. out Angus. Shout out Shaggers also. Shaggers 69 is right here. Tipped the, uh, tipped the, uh, the margin last week. Yeah. As well, sitting on one point back at sixty-seven. We got oh, there's a few Grovey, Chevron Broker, shout out Kane. I love Dusty and Sarah. That's Bone Man. Twenty-two, all on sixty-six. Uh, shout out to Sarah. You're a point above fridge. Um, so, don't ask about how I'm doing. Now, how are you doing? Uh, I'm. I'm oh Christ, going, you're on the slippery slope. I'm mate. on the slope. I'm down to sixteenth. <laughs> Goodness me. Uh, well, I've cracked the top ten. I, first I, time in the comp. I don't want to win my own hat. I'm just doing it. I'm just playing fair. <laughs> I'm intentionally. <laughs> I'm intentionally. You know, not picking eight. Yeah. That's definitely. Um, who have you tipped for the round? Actually, because there's only four games this week. Yeah. I've tipped North Queensland, Penrith, Manly, and Sydney. And Queensland. And Queensland. Yeah, me too. The Penrith game is interesting because no, I th- I actually think the Bulldogs are a sniff. No, no they're not. Absolutely Have not. you seen the lineup that Penrith are running with? Won't matter. No, I'll read it out to you. They've got enough key- like Kiwis and Islanders that aren't playing in the Origin. They'll be sweet, mate. That, this, this is their outs. No Brian To'o, no Isaiah Yo, Jerome Luai, Liam Martin, Nathan Cleary, or Stephen Crichton because they're all playing. Yeah. Yep. So... 
I've, I'm saying I've tipped Penrith, but... <laughs> <laughs> They've still got Fisher-Harris, Kikau, Linu, Isaac Tago. Moses Leota. Moses Leota. Coruscant. Sean O'Sullivan. Oh, and the mate, 24 plus. You reckon? There is my hot tip for the week. That'll be 24 plus. Nah, Bulldogs, take Bulldogs <laughs> on the line and Josh Adekar, two plus, try score any time. Yeah, okay. Chungus bets. Chungus bets. $5 a week subscription. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Um, you got anything for the AFL this week? Oh, that 50-meter call was a disaster. So Was this the... Uh, the Rich, S- Richmond-Swans Swans Richmond game. game. Yeah. I tipped Swans. So I was all for it. So for those... That, I was in the same boat. Yeah. So if you watch that, it takes, it takes the mark and literally a seconds before the siren goes off... It was the, the no. He didn't take the mark. So, so, didn't, the Swans, the Swans boy, kicked it out in the full, like completely up into the stands. Yeah. So like, and this was like just off the pack. Yeah. The ball had gone out already. So it's deliberate. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So there was a free kick back inside, and as the whistle blew, the siren went. Old mate booted it, fucking into the third tier. So the problem I have with it not being called is that it's been called all year, which is sets the precedence right. There was 60 penalties blown that yeah. game. And if that happened in any other part of the field, 50. it's 50. So, and, the, and the umpire didn't have the stones to say 50. And then the worst thing is, NRL do it too. The match review committee go, no, that call is correct. They pat each other on the back. There's no accountability whatsoever. No, and this, yeah, is why, this is why the system doesn't get any better. It's shocking. Because they let crap like that go. 60 penalties and they didn't blow that. That's 50 every day of the week. Yeah. Every day of the week. And all the Richmond blokes, rightly so, were fucking blowing up deluxe. And it sucks, because I fucking hate listening to Richmond fans. They talk so much shit. But they're right. This one time, they're correct. <laughs> I'm sick of hearing about them. And there's so many at our cricket club, too. Um, what else? AFL. Um, Buddy got one week for that strike on Cochin. Probably fair. Yeah, it's probably fair. Well, I actually did collect him. Shout out to the Western Bulldogs for winning, hitting my del- delicious multi on the weekend. Yeah, got a good one. I took them on their line at minus 42 and a half, and they exceeded by quite a lot. I had Aaron Norton to score in the first quarter. He kicked it in the first three minutes, and then all the disposals hit, so it was, it was salubrious. Perfect. $10 into 300 And Carlton lost? Oh, what a great week. <laughs> Carlton lost. I hate him. Uh, the Demons lost. That was incredible. Yeah. So there was a rookie. Sticks was telling me when we were watching at the pub, there was a rookie going in that was, if they won that game, he would have broken the record for most consecutive AFL games won by a rookie, like since debut. And they lost to North. <laughs> no, it wasn't Not, North. It was North um, North. Who was it? I don't know, mate. This is your story. I'll get it, it up. Mullumbimby Koalas? It was, may as well have been. It was, it's, the Ds were striking the iron that hot. And they lost. And, oh, was it, I think it was Frio. I can't remember. The, the, whoever was playing was in the white jersey. Yeah, it was Frio. Yeah. Yeah. Who lost to the Suns the week before in a sixty to thirty game? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the AFL's that hard to tip. And then Carlton lost to Collingwood. Yeah. So that got everyone. I can bar hear Sarah. I can hear Sarah screaming from Melbourne. Flag pies. <laughs> <laughs> she sends me a Snapchat every week. Flag pies. That's gross. Did anyone tri- tip the perfect round? Nah. Nah. Everyone. Everyone the- would have tipped the D's. Yeah, and yeah. So seven was the best. I actually finished on top last round. Where did I seven finish? points. You Six. were also on seven. Missed the margin by twelve. I missed it by eight. I missed it by two. I think. Shout out Shaggers. Well, you missed it by two. You only tipped six though. Yeah. 
Why's, I don't know the answer to this. Why, do, you know, uh, do you know why the AFL's got to buy this week? Apart from some teams have a buy? No, no idea. They've, yeah, no, beyond me. I tried to look into it before for about three seconds, but couldn't get it. Is it because the circus answer. is in town? What's the circus, mate? They get leave every year to go to the circus. What's, which circus? Which, uh, which town? No, that's the one down the road, you dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, well, any, any other... General sport for the week? Nah, nah, I'm all good. Scored four goals at hockey on the weekend. You did? Yeah, in the second half. Was it raining? No, nah, it wasn't raining. That's the sun why. Actually came out. That's fun. why. That's it. Yeah, exactly. My mood was slightly better, so I just decided to slot it. Went a miserable slob. Yeah, 110-1. Yeah, the other team didn't look like that. Do you have mercy rules in hockey? There's only in juniors. Once you get into seniors, it's fair play. Open slather. It's open slather. Yeah, the, the team, the game before us... Um, it was a Div 2 ladies game, 17-0. Oh. <laughs> At one point, you just put your sticks down and just sit in the corner. Oh. Once it gets to about 5-0, you really know that it's all over. And it would have been 5-0 in the first quarter in that game. So I would have just walked off. So, so uh, uh, Harry's goals were ridiculous. I was there watching that game. It was freezing. It was raining. No. I thought it was sunny. Oh, we're not talking about that game. No, this was... Oh, so sorry. The week, yeah, the the week, week before, before, we beat someone in Div 1, 13-0. Harry scored four goals Harry's in the fourth quarter by himself. It was ridiculous. It was just stupid. Was Harry just out there swanging that thing? I don't even know how hockey works. I was just like, yeah, I Didn't know that's you play? Oh, in school. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's a different sport. That's a different sport. It is a dead, yeah, it's long-range ping pong. <laughs> <laughs> it's hacking golf. All right. Uh, yeah, any other... For anything else for general sport? Not oh, Justin Thomas had a very. Oh, I think I was last thing. Yeah, no, not really. Sure, uh, Brad, oh, uh, Sam Burns had a cool playoff win this week in the golf against Scotty Scheffler, the world number one. Who? Sam Burns. He's won three this year. He's, he's relatively new. Not not quite doing a Scotty, but they had a, they had a playoff and whatnot, mate. If anyone hasn't seen Scotty Scheffler swing a golf club, please YouTube it. I love it. A lot of people hate it. It's fucking sick. Gross. Makes you think that oh yeah, if he swings it like that, surely I it would be golf. every golf coach's nightmare because his feet move maybe fifteen degrees every time he tees off. So every kid I reckon would be doing Straight that. And Steve Smith, <laughs> yeah, either that or Matt Wolf's really odd swing. So every kid would just be doing the most retarded shit and saying, "Oh, it works for me." Well, you're not Scotty Scheffler. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. Do this. Um, Cam Smith. Aussie made the front cover of the Golf Digest, which he posted about today on Instagram, saying it's probably his biggest honour in golf. Wow. Like, up there. Like, one of the coolest achievements. Like, it's a pretty big deal over there, the Golf Digest. Like, it's the, I guess, the ESPN of golf. Yeah. And he was front cover, mullet, mo, all of it. Wow. It's so, anti-Australian bias. The Greg Chappell Cricket so. Centre Cricket Catalogue. Yeah, it'll never be the same. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. I, I, wish they, I wish I still got that catalogue. It used to be the highlight of my summer. Um... <laughs> Yeah, again, just a reminder, if you haven't watched the Greg Norman 30 for 30, I don't know if I've said it yet on the podcast, nah. you have to watch it. It is oh, so cool. His, it, I play golf with one of my mates. He's, he's coming close to 50 if he's not there yet, and he's always said Greg Norman's the best driver of the golf ball in history of golf, and you think, nah, it's bullshit. Fucking watch that 30 for 30. Oh, my God, he's unbelievable. Just a kid from Townsville. <laughs> Greg Norman. Uh, you know what else you should watch on ESPN? I'm halfway through watching it for the second time. Is the Last Dance? I've watched the whole thing. I've also watched the whole thing. It's I'm so halfway good. Halfway through it the second time. So good. Oh, 
fucking unreal. But we'll stop talking about that. Um, guys, thanks for joining us again. Uh, if you want to hit us up on Instagram at Armchair Critics with any topic suggestions, new segment ideas, feedback, anything like that, tell Brad how shitty he was, um, hit us up. Uh, Brad, if you want to send us an email about the episode that you've just done, um, armchaircritics at outlook.com. Guys, get in touch. Um, <laughs> thanks for joining us. Really, really appreciate your uh, support and we will see you back here same time next week. Thanks, Brad. Thank you. Outstanding. Thanks,